0: Hi and welcome to Steel Wheel Stories with your host Chris Jowett and Jake Somerville where we talk about stories of collecting, restoring, and showing antique tractors and steam engines built before 1930.
1: Join us while we and guests share stories about the hunt, tales of restoring, and memories of enjoying.
0: Steel Wheel Stories is proudly sponsored by Engineers and Engines Magazine,
1: a printed, Full color, bi-monthly magazine for all the steam, gas, tractor, railroad, locomotive, and farm machinery enthusiast.
0: Call or email Brenda Stant for your subscription today. Email address brenda at or phone number 410-673-2414.
1: Mention Steel Wheel Stories when purchasing and get your first magazine free.
0: What is this? Episode thirteen?
1: Correct. Oh
2: yeah, it's my lucky number. All right. Yeah, we either,
1: yeah, we're either doomed or we're gonna we're gonna make it. I don't know
2: which one. <laughs> yeah. my lucky number, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my lucky number. Thirteen. Thirteen. Who has the lucky yes. number thirteen? Gary Fleming. Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: They didn't make very many thirteen horse steam engines, you know. I could see, you know. Usually, my favorite numbers yeah. are uh, voiced around horsepowers or sizes or whatever serial numbers, you know.
2: Yeah. No, mine was thirteen, man. My uh,
0: my football number and my uh, basketball number was always sixteen. Yeah. For
1: dad, yeah. dad sixteen horse advance. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like most uh-huh. of my. Uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but like most of my uh, garage door codes and stuff like that are serial numbers for steam engines and stuff like that. You know, it, easy to remember. I are the same thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: Computer, computer passwords and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Someone's, oh, yeah. Someone's about to hack my bank account here in a second. So
2: <laughs> It's shit you can remember, man. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I don't think we need to have a podcast on that. probably
0: not probably
2: Probably
1: not yeah i'm gonna all right we're we're putting that in the podcast so we're already rolling here oh yeah (laughs) well there we go (laughs) (laughs) that's a natural entry
2: yeah yeah all right
0: all right well anyways yeah uh welcome back guys here we are episode 13 uh it's a little delayed kind of like the last episode was but you know it's show season and Chris and I are getting busy, and it seems like our guests are getting busy too.
1: Yeah, I really feel like that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully by end of October, we're all settled down again in for winter, and you know, it, then we'll be looking forward to the podcast every couple of weeks. Versus here lately, it's been like, man, when are we gonna have time for this, or when are we gonna have time for that? It's been kind of hectic here lately.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, about the end of June through the end of September, and well, uh, I guess even with your thing now, it's even through to October. But yeah, man, you, you just sit down at uh, the beginning of the year, you start writing in where you're going every weekend, and there doesn't seem to be an empty weekend from no. from June through on October. So it's
1: uh, we're pretty hot and heavy in it right now. Yeah, half the time it's it's more of like the choice of like, okay, do I want to do something this weekend, or do I want to just hang around home and get something done because. If you want to do something every weekend, you can most definitely do something every weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that's where we're at right now. We're, yeah, lots of things that we could do, but
0: I think we're probably just going to stick around home this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're doing the same this weekend, uh, not traveling to any of the Labor Day shows, unlike our guests that we have tonight. Uh, with us tonight, uh, we have Gary Fleming. He's from Platte City, Missouri uh him and his dad and i guess gary would it be your un- great uncle or your uncle
2: who's wilbur to you uh it would have been my great uncle my uh yeah. yeah it would have been my dad's uncle and my grandfather were all big into steam engines
1: were they kind of like were they the first generation in it or is there a generation before that no
2: um i'm the fourth generation okay. in it. my great great grandfather was a steam engineer we he had a 16 uh, horse advance and a 15 horse rumley
1: Okay. There's quite the quite the different realms of steam engines right there.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <Yes>. Old-style <laughs> so Rumley at that,
1: too, was
0: wasn't it? it? Huh? It was it an old-style old Rumley, too, at that, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, yes, it's an old-style Rumley. Uh, Dad just actually purchased one, I don't know, four or five years ago, because Grandpa had one. So, uh, yeah. It's an old-style. That would have been the first engine that mm-hmm. they had owned.
1: It and all... Uh, all right, there in your general area of of up there, Platt City, is that our all out front? Was front? Yeah, was
2: Grandpa. Yeah, my great grandpa and my grandpa run uh, thrashing rings in our area, and uh, tell the uh, tell the mid '30s, and that's when my grandfather bought a bought a uh, combine. My great grandpa kept a thrashing ring going because he didn't believe that the combine would ever work. I so then the following year he bought another one so they run two combines
1: i gotcha so then after that uh when did the steam stuff get picked back up then for your family
2: um in the well i'd say in the late 60s mm-hmm. is when my grandfather bought the 65 that we still have he he bought that and my great uncle had a uh, corner bracket Twenty horse advance that he'd bought in '63, and me and Dad own that engine now too.
1: So, were they involved in starting the Platte City Show up there, or was it already going? Yeah, they they
2: were two of the founding members. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, they were. Yes, they were two of the founding members of the of the Platte City Show. Um, and I don't know. There was quite a few of them in that area. True. Uh, So, but yeah, no, Grandpa. Grandpa run the engine, and my great uncle, which would have been Wilbur Fleming, he was a, a separator. He he run the separator. I gotcha. you.
1: Yeah, it's something you know. You just named off at least three or four engines that you uh, own of your of, of your own between you and your dad there. And that's something that I mm-hmm. don't feel like we touch on sometimes during these episodes. It's not like we sit here and lay out like what everybody owns and stuff like that, you know. But uh you know i remember as a kid i mean you guys just had the 65 uh, for years there i mean uh and this, we had it up yes and, and then you we, you're kind of like dad and i in a way that you just kind of started adding to the collection more and more and more and next thing you know you had a pretty big collection
2: yeah i mean um well for one thing we didn't hit a lot of shows back until tell the late 90s because me and dad farmed and then we worked construction so we never had time to really go to a lot of shows so we just basically hit our home show and run our engine Mm -hmm. and we'd i'd always wanted a 16 horse advance because grandpa had one and i always liked the way they looked the way they sounded and i finally had the opportunity we bought one and i want to say it was like 2010. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, basically a casting kit, had good gearing and, and, uh, wheels that we thought and, uh, was fortunate enough, you guys helped us build a boiler for it and, uh, started it in 2014, I believe, and ended it in 2015. Yeah. And, and that's the engine I've been running this weekend and the rest of the week up at, uh, Mount Pleasant, Iowa.
1: Yeah yeah it's kind of funny you know looking back then uh that was kind of about the time that i started working for my dad and so gary was uh running his own excavation business at the time so during the winter he had time off where he'd come down and we'd all kind of work side by side and gary helped on his boiler at the time and uh you know spent a lot of time with you you know that one winter working on yeah. your boiler and you know at that time I was working on our 18 too so you know you'd help us a little here and there and we'd help you out on your boiler and you know got plugged away until yeah. you till we got all done with it and then we never seen you again you know
2: yeah, I the know. Idea. I mean, got, well, you guys yelled if, at me a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I just couldn't handle it. Um, but w- you brought up a good point, though, Chris. No, we don't um, really talk. A- we need to touch. Yeah, yeah, else. no. I yeah, mean, if you, you, if you got if this. you got
0: if you got some time off, Chris, Chris could use some help.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I need to start coming back down there because if I remember right, we were doing two boilers at the same time, and I've had mine on been running it since like 2016.
1: You know, I look back at, uh, like, when you made our square head bolts, like I set up my turret lathe, and yeah. you made square head bolts for your engine, and you made square head bolts for my engine, because I Gary was building an all-new boiler, and, and we put a barrel in our engine, so we both had to remount, you know, a lot of castings and different stuff, so... You know, but uh, you got to use your bolts right away and mine sat in a bucket and rusted for about another two, three years before I ever got around using them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but right before the podcast, I, I was out in my new uh, shop or barn or whatever you want to call it out there and put some electrical boxes in and getting ready to run some wire and that 18 is the very first thing that's going to be in that shop for a project. Uh, as soon as the shop's ready, that's, that's what the plan is. So well, I really, ho-
2: I really hope it is Chris. I mean, I'd like to see that engine together and Jay's 18 together. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I, our sixteen's coming home this fall to the house and, uh, I thought we'll that switch said out that. engines. Yeah. Yeah. We'll switch out engines next, uh, next spring or summer. Yeah, to bring something else up here.
1: What What are you going to take up there?
2: Do you know yet? I'm hoping that I got enough time run on the 65 that we're working on, that I've been working on for now five years, mm-hmm. and uh, I get it done this spring and run it all in, and I feel comfortable enough to bring it up. Yeah. If yeah. not, I might just bring a model up. Sure. And, you know, we haven't had a model out in quite a few years, and uh, I don't know, I might just bring that up and do that. You sure, know? sure.
0: What uh, what all, what all have you done to the sixty-five?
2: Um, you mean as far see we've uh put a new firebox in it and uh, completely redid all the centric, basically all the machining. You know that all the normal stuff and wearing on it, uh, repainting everything, new bunkers, just kind of in the putting it back together stage
1: now. Yeah, for everybody listening, uh, this sixty-five is is one that has been in Gary's family for several years. And basically was a running operating engine, and Gary had decided at a point there that he wanted to kind of, you know, it was a restored engine back in the 60s or 70s or whatever, and he kind of made the decision. He wanted to kind of re-restore it and go through a bunch of things mechanically and uh, put a firebox in it like he talked about there and kind of bringing everything up to snuff. Um, Just like his 16 advance, you know, he kind of went through it, put all the boiler underneath of it and did all the machine work and has had it up at Mount Pleasant now and left it up there for how many years now?
2: Uh, this Well, COVID kind of messed everything up, so this would be the third year. Yeah. It's been here for four.
1: Yeah. Basically get everything to the point where you can take something to a show like that and leave it there and don't have to worry about it and don't have to work on it over the winter yeah. or anything like that. Yeah,
2: it, it really is nice.
1: And I guess um, you took it to Grand Mound once, why it was up there, too, or twice, or how many? Uh,
2: it was at Grand Mound once.
1: Okay, yeah. So I got to see some other shows besides Old Thrashers and all that.
2: Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's been to hit one show and then, uh, yeah. So the 65 is, uh, it's kind of, you know, that's the engine that I learn on with my grandfather. I was very fortunate to be able to sit on an engine and learn from somebody that made a living with an engine. Mm-hmm. Most people can't say that. So I'm, I feel very fortunate on doing that. Yeah. my, running it with my great uncle and my uh, grandfather
1: and also kind of like a semi-local engine i mean that engine came from west of the kansas City area yeah i mean i don't know what is that an hour and a half or something it isn't two hours Eh,
2: about yeah probably hour and a half yeah uh,
1: northwest of kansas city yeah sit on a sawmill over there and and all that and uh kind of semi-local engine with some
2: history and whatnot yes yes so um, yeah, no, it's a it's a local engine. Uh, I guess you could call that. Been at our show since uh, the late '60s, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I don't know. You know, you get you get so many different engines, and then I don't know. The engines don't get out as much as you want. Uh, oh no. Yeah. You know that that engine I run every single year, two or three times a year, and now it's. I hate to say it. It's been ten years since I ran it. Oh, yeah. So yeah
0: man we've had that uh, conversation S- scott scott's to the point now where he's like counting down the number of times he's going to have engines fired before you know hit the end of his time and it's like man that really puts things into perspective you know it's yeah. like holy cow yeah yeah
2: it's kind of yeah. depressing you know yeah uh, it is he's like he's <laughs> like oh,
0: man i'm, I'm only going to run that 80 case 10 more years and then i'm like oh, yeah jesus christ
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah depressing. Depressing. Just, let's <laughs> turn this
0: around
2: for a minute Jeez.
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> where are we going
2: right. yeah well you know it just it, it is a reality and you know i was big into buying more and more engines and thought i needed more engines and mm-hmm. now i've kind of stepped back we've sold a few engines off and uh i've kind of stepped back and think you know i'm going to spend the time and money on these other engines make them right Yeah. And be happy with that because you get too many and you just. It's too much. They get neglected. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, either have a a few really good, nice running engines or you have a bunch of them that are, you know, half, you know, half ass, I guess you want to say, or whatever.
1: I think I've made this comment before that I like quality over quantity sometimes a lot when it comes to stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of where way I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to break you this know? up
1: here uh, for just a minute. Uh, part of tonight's episode also is that uh, my son Sawyer is here with us. He has been kind of, you know, I mean, we're 13 episodes in now, and he's been kind of itching at me like, hey, Dad, I want to do this, or I want to have an episode. And, you know, I, I've played around uh, with him and his brother a couple different times of uh having an episode and had him down here on the mic or whatever. And usually they just kind of clam up and get nervous and don't really talk too much. Oh. But Sawyer was pretty persistent tonight. And, uh, he kind of come up with this idea of a couple questions he'd like to ask our guest. And, uh, so we're going to call it a uh, session with Sawyer and here's Sawyer. And, and we'll right. start off with
2: the first question.
3: So Gary, All right. what is your uh-huh. favorite father son memory in the steam hobby?
2: Father favorite father-son memory and the steam hobby it would have to be me and dad was pulling the 65 on the track and we were pulling it with the uh sled the mechanical sled and my grandfather was walking beside us and he wasn't real happy about it and he was uh pointing his cane at us and told us if we tear it up we're going to fix it and me and dad was you know just having a good time I mean it, it was one of the memories that really kind of sticks out there sure
0: <laughs> where was that at
2: Platte City but Platte City yeah 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 I bet so I, can see I mean, the, the smile I, mean like... I got a lot of them Sawyer I, I really don't I mean that one just kind of fell out there but I mean yeah. I I do have a lot of a lot of memories yeah I was trying to not say only that. running engines but going to shows yeah. you know yeah different things yeah
1: yeah I was trying to sit here and think I don't Man, I don't know if I could. I don't know how you narrowed it down that fast because I don't. I don't know how I could narrow it down uh, favorite father or son memory with my dad.
2: Uh, It was just a funny, you know, oh, a funny yeah, deal. We sure. did, uh, but yeah, I don't Under know. Something that, something that really
1: sticks with me, and, and I always pull back to father son is like we first started bringing our big engines back to shows when I was. I don't know, 12 or 13 years old or something like that, I'd kind of convince dad that, you know, there was something I wanted to do and we needed to get these big engines back out and stuff like that. And I remember the first couple of years at Lathrop uh, between our 50 case and our 13 horse Reeves of just sitting there running the sawmill with dad and stuff like that, you know, and learning and whatnot, you know, and there's a couple of pretty good pictures of uh, him and I uh, standing by them engines right there at the old sawmill at Lathrop mm-hmm. where the building was still standing and all that kind of stuff, you know but oh yeah how i work with the guy every day it's kind of hard to i mean we we uh, yeah. have all kinds of good times we were <laughs> running uh austin chapman 16 horse remley today and finally got the thing all dialed in and all that stuff you know and i mean it makes for a good day
2: well jake what's your uh best uh memory with your father and you guys are talking about this and i'm sitting
0: here like going through my rolodex in my head and i'm like I, how
3: do you pick out the best one
0: i don't I know like,
3: it, it's every, a good question every,
0: it is it's a yeah. fantastic question hopefully it's everybody a can relate i just hopefully every, everybody can relate to this in some way shape or form i don't know i think yeah i don't know how to put the the best in in first place here but maybe the the most recent best memory is just the the trip that him and I, my dad and I took to uh Washington State, uh him and I went out there for uh, oh, six days and we just kind of traveled the countryside and looked at steam engines and uh I guess that's that's probably one that'll stick with me forever just because it was just, just him and I and we were out new territory, was, everything was brand new to us. Uh we seen a ton we seen a ton of steam engines. Um which it was just a really really enjoyable, really memorable trip. <sighs> I don't know. There's way, way too many little yeah. things to, to talk about, like fire and engines or oh, the day. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the day I brought my, my, I'm going to say it again, my 20 Reeves, the day that come home, that <laughs> that was kind of memorable too, but got, kind of, kind of in a funny way, but uh, I didn't know if I was, if I was going to come home and, uh, and be welcomed or not. But uh, uh it was uh that was another good one just bringing my first engine home uh that was another good good memory
2: yeah we could say things about that that's kind of like other things you know bringing a reeves home man that, com- you know, that comes up a- like a- every yeah, other yeah. podcast that at, comes up
1: at one point in your life you're gonna say man i wish i would have had that 20 reese back i'm gonna buy that back someday
0: yeah but i'm gonna I tell am. you what jo- john john schrock and uh i john was a great mentor of mine i got I got that home and, and ran it around and John talked that thing up. He said, man, the, that, 20 reeves that's a, is a really stout engine. And he said, you really like that. And well, whatever it was, however many months later, my 22 advance came up and I ended up buying it and sold the Reeves off because at the time I was 20 years old and I didn't have money for both of them. And I told John, I said, John, I, I sold the Reeves and I bought the 20 or, or a 22 advance and I couldn't believe how upset John got. He said, "You sold the best engine you ever could have owned, and this, that, and the other thing, and just kind of come unglued about the thing." And I'm like, "Holy cow! I didn't know that was going to rub you so wrong." Talk about
2: disappointment. Oh man, it was. Yeah, that's, that kind of that kind of surprises me out of John.
0: I don't know. I, I, I it, it surprised me too. I didn't. I didn't necessarily, think, but I don't think John was is necessarily the advanced fan that the three of us, you know, maybe are. So yeah, that might ha- that might have been a little bit of it too. Yeah, you know, if I had sold it for a Gar Scott
2: or something, you know, that'd been different. <laughs> he
1: would have been all pumped up.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But no, that's an excellent question, Sawyer.
1: Sawyer, I'm going to ask you. Can you think of your favorite father-son moment under the gun here? Oh,
2: oh. mother! <laughs>
3: Um, probably like trips to Lathrop. They're usually really fun. Yeah, like when we used to like, I would run the steam engine. Uh, I think it was this case, and you would be doing the.
1: Run on the sawmill or something? Yeah, run the sawmill. Yeah. And
3: I would help you run the sawmill and stuff.
1: Yeah. Something I was thinking of as you started talking is last year when we had your Sawyer Massey up there. Oh, yeah. You were fun. giving school kids rides on it and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and up there running And I was pretty proud of you. That's awesome. You got another that's... question there, bud?
3: Yeah. If you could pass one thing down to the younger generation, whether it's a story or knowledge, what would it be?
2: Wow. Wow. He's got some deep stuff. here. <laughs> Yes, yeah. deep, deep. Put me on the spot. Um, I think if I was going to pass something down to somebody younger, it would be find a good engineer that you feel comfortable around and sit back and watch them. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot off of just watching an engineer run an engine. Ask questions is good, too, but just sit back and watch him and learn. But, I, th- I think that's what I would you know have to say yeah
1: i think we all have uh i think we all had lots of mentors uh growing up and learning how to run stuff and one thing another but i think all of us probably could probably kind of narrow it down to one person for each of us that was probably the most instructive or the most uh you know that really kind of set for the way that we run things and one thing another
2: yes yes everybody had their one person that they went to Um, I had a mix sometimes, but the one person that taught me 90% of the stuff that I was, was my grandfather. I'll go back to that again. I mean, my, my great uncle Wilbur taught me stuff too, but my grandfathers who taught me a lot of the, how to run an engine and how to look for the holes in the fire and Mm -hmm. you know, how to maintain grease, you know, all the stuff. So the basics.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so. something I was going to touch on, too. Like, I feel like if, I mean, there's a lot of small things in handling of an engine and, and just like you said, greasing oil in certain things and all that stuff. But I feel yeah. like becoming a good fireman is 80% critical becoming yeah. a good engineer, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Being able to manage yes. your engine and manage your fire and not popping off all day long or, or at all, you know, yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, to yes. me, that is the, that is 80% of it or more.
2: You know, yeah, get so it, building up and stuff's important, but that yeah. comes with a lot of practice. Oh yeah, I mean, lots of repetition. A, you know, that comes. Yes, that's repetition, and Damn. you know all that. But just the basics. I mean, learning, set back and watch a lot of times, you can just learn more stuff, Sawyer, off of just watching somebody that you feel is is competent, and just sit there and watch them and watch what they do. Try to mimic what they do.
3: Got it. Hey, Dad.
2: Yeah. But
3: who was your mentor? That's my question.
1: Who was I had lots of mentors. Uh you know Gary Fleming. Gary Fleming.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that,
1: Gary that's Fleming. Right. yeah I mean uh, <laughs> in all reality, I mean like the the local people around here between my dad taught me a lot and then going to the different shows and, and seeing Gary and Stanley Mayberry and uh all them guys and then uh Tom Nichols is is kind of one of my <laughs> key guys and Mike Parker uh, from up in Iowa. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I spent a lot of time with them guys, uh, Tom in particular running his Wood Brothers engine that I now own. I was, uh, he sold to me when I was 19, 20 years old or something or other. And, uh, spent a lot of time with Tom. Tom would run the sawmill at old thrashers and I'd spend the day over there with him running the engine on Sears's mill over there and stuff like that. And, and learned a lot about firing and, and everything else. And, uh, just, uh. Really had a really, really good time with Tom over the years. And, and like I said, uh, going to the local shows around here and, and being around everybody and picking up little hints and little things here and there and seeing how other people do things and uh, just a little bit of everybody, really. And
2: yeah. the other thing is, and it don't matter how old you are, Sawyer, always be willing to learn something because I learn something yep. all the time. Yep. I mean, and I learn stuff from younger people, you know, so sure. it, be, be willing yeah. to just – Open-minded and learn. Yep, you can't get set in your ways with this stuff at all. You know,
1: you got no. to no, no, yeah,
2: no.
0: It's really, it's really interesting to go to different places and see how things are being done differently than what you would do it too. Like when I go to Missouri, it's different than what we do certain things up in, in Michigan. And we go to Iowa, and, well, for example, everybody in Iowa uses a steam pump and there's not a functional steam that the state of michigan you know (laughs) everybody uses injectors like it's just but the difference is kind of across this whole hobby is it's interesting to go and and see how people are doing stuff yeah yeah
2: oh yeah yeah very very but yeah there's uh um but yeah that's that's a very good question
1: so uh you're at old thrashers right now uh I said you're up there at Old Trashers. You've been up there since Saturday or Sunday or something there over the weekend? Yeah, we
2: rolled in Saturday about noon. And how, oh, you know, you get the engine out and get everything ready. And uh, we started sawing today uh, about, I helped put the sawmill together. And uh, we started sawing today about uh, noon-ish or so, mm-hmm. testing everything out. We got the 16 on it, and we'll run t- uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. too.
1: That uh, I guess the show actually starts on Wednesday, or is that right? No, yeah, start to we tomorrow. think it
2: does, but yeah. it, it starts tomorrow. On I was uh,
1: getting Snapchats earlier from Rikert and Bo and all them guys, and I was like, it's, "It ain't no wonder they're wore out by Saturday because they have all the fun before we anybody ever, ever gets up there." You
2: know. Yeah, yeah they we're do, too. we're basically ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Done yeah. had all the fun. Yeah. Yeah, we've been. We've been having a blast up here, which
1: so. I'm sure earlier in the week, it's kind of nice. There's not as many, not as much crowd there at all. I'm sure. And being able yeah, to, you, man, there's Saturdays and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there at Old Thrasher. Sometimes you can't even walk. There's so many people, you know, let alone driving an engine or somewhere or just back and forth to the fan over there or
2: whatever, you know? Yeah. You end up, uh, you have to have a, just about have to have two people on an engine yeah. steering, two two sets of eyes, and sometimes I back engines through because you can, you know, just so you can see better. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it can get hectic, especially yeah. if the weather's good, and it looks like we're gonna have really good weather. Yeah. You were
1: sawing the day with the 16, weren't you?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were sawing today. Uh, I'll saw tomorrow, too, and then, uh, somebody else will, you know, they got, they're getting a lot better at putting uh different engines on the sawmill mm-hmm. uh oh, that's you know good. yeah 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 that's good where you know as long as people want to take the i mean the biggest problem was is a lot of people don't want to take the time to get their engine up to snuff mm-hmm. and set be able to sit there all day and run yeah so and people starting to see that and they're starting to do a lot a lot more work on their engines and you know get them up to where they'll perform and yeah. stay be able to be able to handle it and stay all day Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's about Uh, the i think that's i think that might be about the my most favorite thing to do is to saw lumber all day long and i think that well that's just what i did there this last weekend at clarksville with the the 22 friday and saturday I, i don't know we we saw it for i don't any anywhere between six and eight hours each day and uh yeah, the thing just sits there and, and hums along, and you keep firing it and keep it right up against the pop. And I think that's my most favorite yeah. thing to do with the steam engine. I forget. What I would used. have
2: to agree with you, Jake. Yeah. I mean that. I, I tried to get Chris to come up there, but he wouldn't do it. I mean, we we're going to come.
1: <laughs> I, I we I, had we I had am, a good time. I am going to make it to Clarksville one of these
2: years. Yeah, because Chris, that's a- I want to go with you, so don't don't leave me out on this because I I've always wanted to go hit that show. I mean, I know we're going to have to miss hamilton but well this you know, this year it, it didn't
1: fall on the same weekend are you kidding me no i'm not kidding it was uh, <laughs> hamilton was two weekends ago and clarksville was last weekend wow yeah i always oh. thought it was the same weekend so i was like well i'll have to figure so that did out I. and here here this year it was two separate weekends it wasn't even a good excuse
2: yeah we we don't have an excuse on that now
1: <laughs> jake uh, sent me a video of him uh I guess you were just turning things over just by yourself. So single, so one engine instead of three engines and just turning all the hydraulic pumps and all that stuff. And man, uh-huh. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it honestly sounded like you were in like a medium sized log, uh, with yeah. just pulling all that stuff by yourself. You know, uh, there's a lot yeah. that goes on there. I'd like to see that setup and how they did it and how it works. And all I that do. Stuff. I would
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I
1: mean, I'd, that- I'd really like to get Marv really like to get Marv on here
0: to, to talk about it. Cause there's, I mean we all weekend long we we talk about the history of that place and there's there's several different iterations of that mill now like there was there was one before that mill there's this one there was another one after that and it's just it's it's really interesting to hear the history on, on the whole thing, and <laughs> Marv gets a kick out of it that we talk about Clarksville so much on the podcast. Well, he, <laughs> yeah, he he mentioned it uh, this weekend. He he's was laughing about us talking about it. <laughs> but uh, no, it, well, Marv's uh, going to have to get on. It's a on lot of here. fun. So yeah,
2: he, I, he's going to have to get on. I think here. he would.
0: I was watching well, the videos. Gonna at, uh, yeah, he's going to be at Kevin's next weekend. He's bringing the twenty horse Universal down here.
2: Oh yeah. Well, Chris, yeah, we, we just need to, need to make things. the deal and go next year. Yeah, yeah. We need you to know, get the. We're not going to do it unless we just say.
1: Are the dates set already or anything, Jake? Oh, I'm sure they are. I yeah, we'll get ask, We'll up. have to get, uh, ask Marvin and get it hard down. I mean, see. we got
2: these RVs now, so we can take one of them and yeah. actually, Chris, yours is the best one because you've already got it set up as a bunkhouse.
1: Yeah, we just need to load up a bunch of us and go
0: up there.
2: Yeah. Well, we're It'd featuring it.
0: We're feature. We're featuring Advanced Rumley at Mason next year, Gary. Why don't you just bring the bring the I, twenty horse up? I'm. <laughs>
3: leave, leave, you gonna leave haul it? it and haul it
0: back. You gonna haul I, it? And I, haul it back. I'll bring it. I, Chris will, I think. <laughs> no. no?
2: <laughs> That's a long way, Jake. That's a. We need old
1: Tim Monroe back. He needs to come back in business just for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would. Uh, I'll just, uh, I think I'll just come up here and drink beer and harass you guys.
0: Yeah. You know, that's all right, too. <laughs>
2: uh. Yeah. I, I, I've already heard that you guys are featuring Advance Rumley and that, uh, we got to come, come up there. So that's yeah. probably, I, I went to Walshie on this year. That'll probably be the show I go to.
0: I think we'll have somewhere between 15 and 18. Advanced family engines at, at the show next year. I, it'll be a really, really it'll, good feature. That's
1: all? I figured there'd be way more than that.
2: Yeah, I did too. I figured, you know, I figured there'd be thirty. I mean, there's there's, there's usually thirty
0: engines out of there, so half of them will be universals. You
1: know, there's what <laughs> four of them sitting at your dad's place, and between your dad and Junko, plus your father-in-law, there's five right there. Yeah, there's yeah,
0: yeah five within a stone's throw.
1: Yeah
2: yeah okay well yeah yeah
0: a a sixth one just another
1: mile up the road or whatever but yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah, i figured that that, i figured it'd be way more than that so uh jake i've been meaning to call you and ask you and i haven't got around to it but how's the 30 coming along well
0: kind of like we yeah like we said here with the podcast was we're just just busy this time of year uh we're we're making progress little by little. And when I say we I'm outsourcing some of the stuff that I can't do because we don't have the machinery to do it. So some of like the, the big machine stuff, like my differential gear is currently over to a machine shop, getting the platter gears. Those are getting machined. Uh, the pinion gears are being machined. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, I've got my, my cousins working on some, uh, 3d, uh, Patterns for me. I'm, I'm, these are the last two parts that I'm missing and, uh, get them, uh, finish up 3d print and then send them off to cattail and have them to, uh, castings, uh, uh, cast it up and then I, sh- I'll be good. But as soon as we get through, well, we've got a uh, little private deal here at uh, my father-in-law's. We're going to plow 20 acres here, uh, two weekends from now. And, uh, Saw okay. some lumber and stuff. We'll have have some engines over here and get some engines after that taken care of and put away for the winter. And I'll get to, I'll get dove back into stuff. End of this winter, I I ought to I ought to have a pretty good handle on it. My my target, and I'm going to put it out here now. My target is to have uh, that engine ready to roll for the 2025 show season. So
2: uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, I
0: don't, I don't know if it'll be Wasian for the debut or if it'll be Mason for the debut, but, uh, that's, that's my target. And if I stay on it, like I have been, there's, there's really no reason that that shouldn't happen. I've, I've basically got the whole top end of the mechanical stuff. I basically got that all, all done machined, uh, sandblasted machined and primered. It's just ready for finished paint and then ultimately have to, Assemble everything I've got about to port and all that good stuff, but um yeah all all in due time That'd be awesome
2: well, hopefully you i i'm gonna be you know we'll be up this winter sometime and uh have to come look at look at your progress and see where you're at
1: absolutely, hopefully you yeah. get tore away from gas tractor stuff this winter,
2: and yeah you know, I, don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know been pretty disappointed with old jake on this gas tractor stuff i didn't really you know i got videos of him yeah he was it, he think. was saying we're
1: gonna plow 20 acres there in his father-in-law's here in a couple weeks with steam engines and he's gonna be out there at altman taylor like being 19 acres uh, at altman taylor and uh, you know the acre left for the steam engine uh, jake. it's
2: killing me it's killing me! I've saw-
0: I'm a I'm a steam guy through and through, but I'm gonna tell you what. Every time I look at that Altman Taylor, I like it more and more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got good uh, ones, so that helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, well. I I I
0: think I we've run it a ton this summer. I don't know how many gallons of fuel we went through, but we have run it a ton. And we're still going to we're going to keep running it through the fall here. Uh I don't I really don't know if there's a whole lot to do to it this winter yeah i I think it's it's it really runs it runs good the stuff that we did to it last winter essentially has has all worked and uh i really don't know if there's anything that we need to do like really major stuff anyways sure
1: yeah it starts good it runs good i mean enjoy it have some fun so chris what what do you got going on oh man uh Say here and think with the shop
2: or personal, well, yeah, or... yeah. Like, shop... I know the 18's still in the same spot it was, but yeah, it is still in the same spot.
1: I don't remember, who, it was <laughs> funny. I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, and they were like, What's that engine that's been sitting by your office forever? And I was like, Wow, forever, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> anyways, yes, ten, uh, 10 years, anyways, yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Yesterday, we riveted all day yesterday, finished up the riveting on a 50-horse case boiler that we're building. Uh, Right now, I got midpoint inspections uh, coming up here for three different boilers that we're building in the shop. Uh, in In the back shop, there's a 60 case that is basically all but complete lack of waiting on a new flywheel to get cast for it and, like, main steam line and putting the governor on the thing, and it's ready to run. Okay. Um, all right. We got a 50 case in the front shop that we're doing a little front flue sheet repair on, uh, just a small amount of boiler work. And then I've been machining some kitten parts, of all things. Uh, oh, I Ooh, machined wow. intermediate stub shaft and intermediate gear earlier this week and uh, machined the devalve today. And trying. I was trying to get... I have to send you guys a picture. It's kind of hard to explain, but I'm I'm trying to machine the valve face that's on the cylinder. Uh the valve face itself is say, man, I, I'm not kidding. I bet it's 12 inches tall and four inches, five inches wide. It's not very wide. And the valve is like I mean it's that big. And but the pocket that you can go through where the steam chest cover is is like half half the height of that so i'm rigging up a basically a fly cutter to go in there and mill all that uh that's big enough plus small enough shank that i can get in there and do it so i've been working on that and um we got got nothing more s-
2: surprises me with the kit.
1: oh man it's 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 nothing. Crazy. yeah and uh nothing. i can't I, mean, I can't wait i can't
0: I, I can't wait to watch you
1: break that thing in yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> is this the I, kitten that I, you I've built run the boiler for? Yeah, this is the kitten that we built the boiler for there a few years ago. Okay. Um, he, right. he, we've been machining parts here and there and doing this and doing that, and he's got some other people doing some other work on it too. And uh, You know, definitely by this spring, it'll it'll be a running engine now. We're well on our way. Um, awesome. Another good friend of ours, uh, Austin Chapman, uh, we've had his 16 Rumley there at the shop. Uh, for quite some time, and did a uh, had a bunch of machine work done. I've done a bunch of machine work to it, and um, dad poured all new mains in it and all that stuff. The thing was mechanically wore out, uh, basically in the valve gear uh, yeah. years ago when Austin. Well, my dad put a firebox in the thing years ago. It was a, one of the first jobs that uh, they had done there with their R stamp before I worked there, and at that time. Uh, I made like a new piston stem for uh, Austin. That was still when I was working at the machine shop and and new rings and stuff and uh, trying to think what else I'd done back then. Anyways, uh, the rod bearing and the tunnel and and the piston stem and all that stuff was good, but it's got a shifting eccentric, uh, like a Frick or a a Russell or something like that. Um, And basically all that stuff was just wore out. And it was also, so we set the valve last week and I was kind of searching around asking people like if they had any instructions on setting the valve because I'd set shifting eccentrics before like on a Russell and a Frick uh, but they're all keyed to the crankshaft so I was kind of thrown for a loop I'm like okay when do I adjust the the eccentric on the crankshaft you know and Basically, it was uh, when you have the thing on centers, you adjust the centric to where you don't have any slip. You know, just like you would on anything Mm -hmm. else. Um, It just didn't make sense to me all at first, and finally we just kind of laid into it one day and got the valve set on the thing, and we ran the thing today for the first time. And uh, other than all the the left hand main bearing had to take a shim out of it, uh, tighten it up a little bit, and tighten up a rod bearing. And the only other thing is like where the rod connects to the centric casting instead of having like a flat machine surface on the centric strap and a flat strap that bolts to it. Rumley had like the roughest ass casting you've ever seen in your life with like a forged (laughs) piece of steel that looked like a freaking mammoth had done it. And kind of had to shim that to get everything happy. It, It just like everything wasn't happy. It wasn't straight and running straight with itself back and forth and, Uh, Got that stuff uh, shimmed away and uh, dad and I ran around there basically the whole afternoon and uh, just have a kind of a small list of things to do to it and put the canopy back on it and take it back to the McLeod show here in a couple weeks and let them have fun with it. And I rebuilt the governor why it was a part and stuff like that and kind of some people laugh, but we kind of did the old board test in the flywheel, uh, today to make sure the governor was all acting good, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff and just, uh, make sure everything's all good there. But
2: that's kind well, of, didn't, we, uh, didn't we build a power eater kind of deal so you could test engines? Uh,
1: yeah, but it's not at my house right now. It's, it's in, it's, I know. A, it's at Jay's I think, isn't that where it's at?
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it's at Jay's. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's another thing that we haven't really talked about, uh, <laughs> Is dinos. Yeah. We might have to get a whole episode just for dinos, but I guess what kind of I will touch on it a little bit, I guess, but like what Jake Bill, his dino, and then. Oh, yeah. I was like literally in the middle of trying to draw up a, a Baker fan and on my computer and gary texts me and he's like hey we need to build one of these like what jake's got and this and that and the next thing i know i'm pretty sure you are the one that found the one that we bought in nebraska yeah 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 and jay ended up buying that jay chrisman from gallatin and the next thing you know we're spending a a winter putting this thing together the the three or four of us including my dad we kind of all put it together and used Jake's help quite a bit on different ideas because he had basically done the same thing that we did his is a little bit different uh unit m and w dino unit and making a jack shaft and a pulley for it and all that kind of stuff and since then uh and I don't know Jake you haven't used your digital at all yet have you really
0: well we've got some connection issues we tried and we couldn't get for whatever reason connection issues to the to the digital readout box but
1: yeah uh essentially the same same yeah. deal
0: as what you guys put together there and so for the, the yeah, listeners
1: great. uh we had a, I, I made contact with a guy in iowa uh through some people i know that he had built in a, basically a digital readout for like a pony brake, where with a pony brake you take rpm and the weight that it pushes on the scale i guess and that's how you figure out horsepower and torque and all this stuff and the M&W dynos, how they work is off of RPM and hydraulic pressure. It's essentially a, a great big hydraulic pump in there. And you're taking a valve and you're closing the flow of it off to make pressure. And yep. I contacted this guy and I was like, well, with these machines, you have a gauge that if you're running exactly 540 RPM like a tractor is, then the gauge will tell you what the horsepower is. But like, that's not essentially what we turn them between steam engines and tractors and all that stuff. Uh, so you have the slide rule that you can plug in your RPM and your pressure to, and it'll spit out this horsepower number. So I was like, can you build us a, a unit that will, you know, read the hydraulic pressure and read the RPM and spit out horsepower. And he was like, well, I, I can give it a try, you know? So I don't know. I was, I think that was two years ago. I think we've had ours for two years yeah. now. And, uh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, it's it's two wires to plug into it. It's all in like a little ammo box, and it, uh, it'll it sit there and tell you what the hydraulic pressure is. It'll sit there and tell you what the RPM is, and then it spits out this horsepower number that he has come up with all off of these calculations because it's it's really weird. It's like a curve the way that it does it. Uh, so like the same equation doesn't work for 5 horsepower that works for 100 horsepower, but he right. has it all programmed in there, and it just works. It's really cool. You can sit there and say, well... You can put a 40-horse load on something and then take it off. and Or you can test horsepower, you know. And it's really interesting to, to do horsepower because you can literally pull that engine until the horsepower number starts going backwards. And that tells you exactly what your peak horsepower is. And it's also really interesting and fun to do, uh, like, say, when the guy he doesn't have, you know, right up at 150 pounds, uh, he's at 140 pounds and you can, you can see that, you know, say five horsepower difference, difference between yeah. the two, you know, yeah. I mean, you can, if you pull it, like if, if he, if he, if he gives you the nod that he's right there on pressure and you pull it, you know, pull it down and you get the horsepower and the next time you do it, you're five horsepower or less. Well, you know, then that, you know, he's down on pressure or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's really accurate. I mean. I think when he uh got it all designed he called me up he's like, "Well, if we do it like within a half horsepower, do you think that would be okay?" And I was like, "If we do it within <laughs> 3 horsepower, I think it would be fine for us, you know." Yeah, so th- yeah. That's that's no, that works of, great. Yeah, that's that's been a lot of fun to mess with, you know.
0: That might be yeah, something that we mess with this that might be something we messed with this weekend actually cuz we'll have it over here uh the, the Oh, yeah. Play day here in a couple weeks. I might might try to get that pulled out and just run it over and see if we can't fix those connection issues to get our boxes or digital readouts there working. But yeah, they, you know, we always heard. So when I started that project, um, I, I all these old old time tractor guys. They I talked to them. I trying to find one. Talking to the tractor guys, and they said, "Ah, oh, you, you won't be able to use them. They'll, you're going to generate too much heat." And I said, mm, "Okay." All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, so I went I found the and and you ended up with a, a smaller one than I did, but I I went out and sourced the biggest one that they got. And uh man, I don't know. We've pulled 110 his case engines on the thing and we've never had it overheat. Yeah. I mean, you run enough water through it and it's just going to cool itself down.
1: Yeah. I mean, originally they were made to run off hydrant water, which you know most of the year is 50 60 degrees or whatever it is you know so it cools it down right. really fast and the way that you have your setup with the tank I mean yeah I mean when it's 100 degrees outside your oils already going to be 100 degrees but you're still able to keep your oil cool and all that kind of stuff with the way that you have your setup
0: yeah yeah I've I, never seen this happen it just just hasn't with
2: it warm enough.
1: yeah
0: no I've I've never had an issue with it with it warming up either yeah. I don't know if
2: I mean we old yeah. water I mean we pulled quite a few engines for quite a long time and I've never seen an issue. Actually, we've backed up we put a valve on it so that we could not yeah, run through you, so much water.
1: Usually just you trickle know, waste in the water. So water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you so, could you if the thing gets up to whatever, I don't even remember where the gauge reads at it or whatever, but say if it's at 180 degrees, you pull it, turn that hydrant uh Uh, valve on you know full blast like you can watch the gauge physically go down within seconds i mean it's just that cold water from the
2: hydrant you know we've uh no it's an easy way to build something to have fun with
1: yeah yeah it's been been a lot of fun we need to jake has a cooling system on his and and we have potential for a cooling (laughs) system but then again we haven't (laughs) we haven't got to finish up the the whole dyno project
2: well Um, you know it's it's kind of like your shop. Don't move nothing in until you get it done, and we started using it and having fun with it, yeah, and now exactly. we, we, <laughs> exactly. we need to get back and finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. exactly. We should have never let it out until we got it done. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's uh, something lot, we can do this winter. It's yeah. a lot more fun than a Baker fan. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, fun. way more fun. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. You know, I messed around with that that dump valve, and I I'd still like to go back to that because I feel like that'd be a ton of fun. Um, I, I think r-
2: we can get it. Yeah,
1: I just I happen to have a uh a, a, you know a single port a solenoid hydraulic valve body laying around the shop here a couple of years ago. That was extra. It was it was extra from a, a valve body that I put on our trailer for the winch. And I thought, you know, I'm going to hook that up with that dyno. Like, uh, so basically, you, as that dyno runs over, you're turning this valve in, creating pressure. And, you know, like I said earlier, you can, you can pull 20 horse, you can pull 40 horse, you can pull 60 horse, whatever you want. You, do, you can turn it to that pressure. And I thought, well, okay, if I tap in before the valve and have this valve body come on to take the pressure away, it'll take the load off. Well, and and it did, but basically the valve body was only like say half inch port size and yeah, it, it wasn't enough. yeah, it wasn't enough. I I think the first thing that I oh, excuse me, uh, tried it out on was my 17 horse soria Massey and like say if you were pulling 50 60 horse with that, yes, you could tell that you were t- opening the the port and and getting away with some oil. But it may have went from, say, a 60-horse pole to a 55-horse pole. I mean, it wasn't enough to yeah. act like a, one of these uh, power readers that's uh, electrical-like uh, uh, Yeah, wires, like he was you know. on a sawmill. Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what we were trying to—that's what I was trying to, you know, do. But I just—I need to find a bigger valve body that's not going to break the bank, and uh, I'm sure we can get it done. Yeah. Yes.
0: I was almost thinking just, like, a
1: quarter-turn ball valve just
0: you know, put in there and you can just turn a ball valve a quarter turn or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, op- it, open it and close it.
1: Yeah. It would, it would, it would, it would work just the same. I just thought that uh, having a solenoid one and setting it up on a timer or whatever would be kind of neat, you know, yeah, yeah, but even a simple valve w- would absolutely work. Uh, the problem on ours was basically there wasn't a port big enough. Like I think the test port that I could get hooked into was like, Three eighth size or something like I need to take that elbow off of there and, and drill it out to, you know, a good one inch thread or, or use one inch tubing or one inch hydraulic hose to dump the the fluid. It needs to be that big. I don't remember how many gallon per minute those things are, but they're moving a lot of oil. What, uh, you were talking about your, your 65 there earlier, Gary, and, uh, Uh the different machining projects and stuff like that, that you'd done on it. Um, you know, pretty much you're kind of to that final assembly point right now, aren't you?
2: Yeah, that's basically... I got a few things left to paint. And then uh, I'm... Oh, I'm probably 75% assembled. Mm-hmm. It's back on its wheels. Crank's back in it. I poured Babbit back. Oh, um, well, the centric's done. It's just... It's doing a little pinstriping and stuff right now. And just... This the small stuff, you know, the stuff that takes a long time,
1: get, get through the summertime yeah. here and out of the heat and back in the winter there, you'll probably yes. get a lot more motivated about
2: it. Exactly. I mean, I, it's been so humid. That I didn't really feel like painting, uh, and hot. So sure. here when it's starting to cool off, I think, you know, I get, I probably got, I don't know, two days worth of painting and I'm done mm-hmm. on besides the bunkers. And then, uh, I'm just putting it back together.
1: Yeah. Well, I heard it's going to be the feature at Lathrop this year.
2: That's, yeah, they put the, put the <laughs> pressure on me. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad told me the <laughs> other day. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. How about put the pressure on Gary? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, you know the...
2: it's been long enough. We can we can sit here and laugh. It's been long enough. This engine needs to get done. Sure. So I do need something to drive me to finish it. Yeah. I think next year I'm voting for the 18s to be featured. Yeah. 18 advances are going to be featured at later.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you right now that is. I I fantasized about my shop being uh, at least done enough to have dinner in after uh, our get-together there in October and... I, I hope that it is at this point, you know, obviously the, you know, any, any construction thing, you know, gets postponed and oh, yeah. one thing or another. So the building got, uh, built a lot later than, than what I was hoping for. And now, you know, I'm putting in some electrical and lighting on concrete and insulation, yada, yada, yada. So at this point I've, I've kind of ruled out the fact that maybe we not not be able to eat dinner in there or whatever and have it done, but we'll see. But I, I hope to have the 18 down here, you know, no later than November ish and, uh, you know, be able to, to get started back on the thing and, and just make some progress on it of, of some kind.
2: Well, you know, you could, you could call some of us buddies over there and we'll come over and help you if you get some stuff lined out and maybe help you get it back together faster. Yeah.
1: It just, you know, uh, the thing sits down there at the shop and there's always shop work to do there and having a place at home here where the family's at. I I've already been able to tell that I'll be able to get just being out being able to go up to my own shop there and work on the electrical and stuff like that. It's, it's so much easier to go out there and the kids go with me or they come back to the house or whatever versus this sounds really silly to even say because our, our, shop is only a mile away from my house, but it's just the fact of being gone and away from the family. Sometimes it's not the easiest and to get down there and get something done. And, you know, it's always the juggle of, okay, what's kids going to the shop with me or what kids are staying with mom and what's everybody doing? We're, we're here at home. It's just that that hasn't been the problem at all. So I I really hope to make some leeway with that project and, and, and several other projects or repairs. And one thing or another that I have of our personal stuff, kind of like you were saying earlier about uh you and your dad you know buying more uh engines and one thing another and dad and i have certainly done the same thing but it's also created that big problem of keeping stuff up in shape and you know mechanically sound and all that stuff and i feel like it it's really gotten away from us and keeping stuff up in shape and all that
0: yeah it it does keep everything up
1: yeah yeah you were talking about. It does. Been ten years since you fired your sixty-five, and I was sitting here thinking about our thirteen-horse Reeves. Like, I really don't even know the last time we had that thing fired up. You know.
0: I don't think it's been fired since I've known you.
1: No, I don't think so. The last yeah. man, I really. When was the last time the Case Expo was at Lathrop, Gary? Do you remember that? Your engine wasn't there, uh, was it? For that one, uh, go was ahead. your engine, or was that the last year your engine ran?
2: Was then. Uh, well, yeah, that was the last year it ran was then at Platte city. Yeah. And then, uh, I brought it in and, and it, it wasn't like I started working on it, but it's set and, you know, other engines come in and mm-hmm. worked on them and, yeah. you know, it just. Well, what I was, I,
1: what I was saying is that what I was going to say is that was the last year our 13 ran our 13 Reeves was at that case expo. We had hauled the 13 and the 50 up there that year. And and that would have been the last year that I can
2: think of that the 13 would have ran. And that was probably 2011 or 12. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, yeah. that's another engine I'd like to get back out and, and run some more, but you know, it doesn't necessarily need some repairs, but it needs some attention here and there and things like that. And just uh, like yeah. to, I'd, I'd like to do what you've been doing is kind of choosing an engine and going through it and getting it right. And, you know, I'd like to do the same with the engines that we have uh, left. We had sold a couple of project engines there over the last few years and, would like to focus on the the projects we have ahead here and of our personal stuff and, and get some stuff done, you know?
2: Yeah. That's the, that's the main thing is, I don't know. That's what I started doing. Is just picking an engine and uh, go completely through it. Sure. Uh, So uh,
0: Gary, there's always a debate. So let's talk about it on here. The, 20 horse okay. universal or the 65 case. So you're going to get the 65 all up to snuff and everything. And, uh, uh-huh. well, what, well, what would you do? Would you put a, a really good 20 horse universal up a 65 case or is that a
2: losing battle? Would I put it up against it or what, what do you mean?
1: I. Yeah. Would you, would you, you put a 20 horse up? universal up against the 65 or I'm going to, I'm going to compound this question. Uh-huh. Okay. A sixty five on the pony brake versus a universal on the pony brake.
2: Which one well, if you do the sixty five ought to kick its butt. Okay.
1: Draw bar to draw bar. Uh, I don't know. I think the
0: I think the sixty five will still outpull it, but yeah. the the I think the twenty horse, I think the universal will do it faster. <laughs> if that means anything. I think it'll get to the end of the field faster.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I believe you're right on that. I mean, we did that during Prairie Plowing Days. Oh, I yeah, mean, that it was universal a, hauled ass out right there. Here. I,
0: I mean, will say that I think it's it's more comparable if you run the, a 20 horse, if it's if it's good enough. If you run a 20 horse universal, if you run at 175 and you've got a 65 that's running 150, it's more comparable than running both of them at 150 because, you know, you get that you've got a whole bunch more cylinder there on a 65, but everybody talks, you know, in comparison about a 65 and a 20 horse being nine by nine by 11, 20 horse and uh, uh, 10 by 11, 65. So there's, there is some more, more cylinder there, but that seems to be the, Not the, the, the conversation. 65 case or 20 horse universal.
2: I'm going to always go for the 65 just because that's my favorite engine, but I mean, you also got valve gear. I mean, we can go right back. We can get into a whole new conversation. And, I mean, your Wolf Reverse is going to be a faster gear, faster opening. I, yeah. you know, Marsh Reverse is less moving parts. So it is a a better, better reverse for, you know, maintenance. Mm-hmm. But a Wolf Reverse, I think, Especially, you know, the sixty-five with the indirect uh, rocker. You know, they they designed that to make horsepower. I think.
1: Which one do you think handles better?
2: Who, who?
1: I'm a wolf reverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little I, more, yeah. It's, it's it's friendlier in the lever. I'm gonna, s- you know. I I think I think the sixty five's
0: got a lever up there. I think I think it does handle it a little better. But the next question has to be,
2: what would you prefer to run all day? Okay. If we were plowing and I was burning coal all day, I would take a sixty five. If I was burning slabs or something like that on a sawmill or whatnot, I would rather have a universal.
0: Man, see, Just I don't, my I don't opinion. know, all right. I would even almost rather plow with a universal
1: than a sixty-five. See, yeah, I, I figured you were going to say Real. universal plowing, also, Gary. No,
2: no. I mean, I if I'm burning coal, then... them.
1: If you're burning, yeah. If you're burning coal on a case engine, plowing that's not near nothing as bad. wrong with. It. Yeah, yeah. I don't
2: want to burn slabs with one by thought. No. I mean, that that's got to be the worst engine in the world. Bur- burn slabs, Yeah,
1: plowing on wood with a case engine isn't much
2: fun. Would suck. No, yeah. Uh, But uh, uh, yeah, I I think I would have to go with. I mean, I don't know. I'm. If you're burning coal, I would. I would run a sixty-five. I, I, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on one, I've spent a lot of hours on one.
1: Yeah. I don't, it's funny. You were talking earlier about the pressure difference. You know, if you had a universal 175 and a 65, 150, like that's what I've always said about my wood brothers, you know, they only ran, you know, 140 pounds or whatever new. And to me, they kept up the universal uh, 140 pounds just because the bigger cylinder, you know, for basically the same size engine. Yeah. Uh, you know, always kept mm-hmm. with a universal because the universals were always running more pressure than the, than the Wood Brothers were, you know, and, and maybe they were designed yeah. like that. I don't know. I mean, 65s though, I mean, uh, they were coming out 175 pounds from the factory, weren't they? Later ones. Yeah,
0: some of the That's later a, ones I, are stamped in the back head. There's uh, working pressure,
1: 175.
2: Yeah. Ours is stamped as an Ohio boiler and it's stamped at 175. So, <clears throat> yeah, but the book 150. I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a you know, it's a debate. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the never ending argument, I guess. I mean, both those engines are very, very good engines. The universal double is a heavy build engine, it's a, there's nothing wrong with one of them at all, but there's nothing wrong with 65E. Sure. I mean, they and oh, no. Six- they'll perform. Well,
0: I guess that's probably a testament to th- being as good as they are, because I would venture to say that those are probably the two most popular engines still in existence today. Oh, sure. Yeah. I would have I, to 100%. I think, 100%. I, I think I really do believe that there's over two hundred twenty Horus universals still in existence. Yes, I, I would have sixty. 60- I think the 65, and maybe the, the 50 is probably the, the third one, but I think the the top two is the 65 case and the 20 horse universal. But the 50 case would be a pretty close third there, but for
1: sure there's over 200 20 horse universals. Would you think 75 case right after the 50 then? Because I would almost, man, I don't know. I feel like I see more 75s sometimes than 50s. I've, I've heard a lot of conversation about that, and I – and and some people do actually
0: believe that there's still more 50s than 65s. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rel- relative to the area that you're in. It kind of seems like, but yeah, 75s are definitely with there's 75 or 25. There, yeah, 25s. You know, yeah. I think 25s probably broke more prairie ground than oh yeah any than any engine and, combined. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes.
1: That was I, the, that I was the big to. engine without buying the 110 case. You know, at the time yeah back back when you know they were
0: they were just starting to break the prairie in the early 1900s that 25ks came out and hell you could you could pull six eight ten bottoms without you know breaking something so yeah uh or or without breaking the bank too you know so yeah they, they did they sold a lot of those and and that's another testament they they built that 25 or the later 75. They built that all the way up until 1923, yeah, right which they 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 replaced the the 75 um, concept essentially with the the 80 horse with the 11 by 11 cylinder, and they went to the later style, uh, you know, engine frame and mm-hmm. and all the works there, but people were still demanding that uh, that early style or the, the, the 75 style uh, engine all the way up to the very end. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that was a really good engine.
1: I wonder why, though, really, you know, other than physical aspects, why it was lean that way? It was just what people were used to or what, you know?
0: Well, the, the really big difference is, is the the stance of it. You know, the, the 75 has 60-inch uh, rear wheels, and... Uh, it's got the high hitch that comes right off the uh, mm-hmm. the rear axle, and the eighty they they went up to uh, seventy four inch drive wheels, and they put that lower hitch on them. And there's a lot of people that talk about the wheel pressure and and traction, and there's a lot of people that really like the way that seventy five's handled because of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I so said that high hitch is going to outpull oh, that yeah. eighty all day. Yeah, you know. Put
0: more down pressure on it yeah that front end gets a little light i've uh i've experienced that <laughs> the front end on them they'll, yeah, well, they'll we, get a little light on you
2: <laughs> well you know there's that there's that really good picture of john schrock pulling that 75 mm-hmm. and the front end way up off the ground and he just you know getting it down the track i mean it's a good picture yeah
0: yeah that's a good picture
2: uh, yes so but no it's uh that's a good question but that argument will never be solved you know
1: <laughs> if there was only more people in this <laughs> conversation right now I'm sure it'd yeah, still be going on
2: yeah, oh, yeah there's a handful of people that should just, be in just this conversation just step outside the door of your RV up there oh yeah no we yeah if I step outside right now, it, would, it would go a different direction yeah. 100% <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh uh, <laughs> That's, that's a good question there. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, they're both good engines. I love both of them, but I have my, you know, and I always will. My heart's always going to be with a 65 just because of all the times I sat on it with my grandpa and listened to stories of the good old days and, uh, just, just the memory. Yeah.
1: So I guess I I, oh. I try to ask this from time to time, but I mean between you and your dad, you guys own several engines. Uh, uh-huh. Not that you wouldn't, not that maybe right now you don't want to add to your collection. But what would be that one engine that you would add to your collection? Um, I'll, probably say uh, right now. I'll, t- I'll tell I'll tell go. it for him, <laughs> and
0: then he can. I'll tell it for him. Thirty okay. horse advance.
2: That or twenty five horse universe. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. being the worst case.
1: You know, that's just... That uh, would... Yeah. That, it's really something we lack in this area of, of where we live at, Gary, is that there's not a ton of big engines around, you know? Uh, there isn't. There was back in the We're day, all, and they've all left. You know, they all got sold off and left. You know, there's several big Reeves engines around, stuff like that. They're all gone, you know?
2: Well, I would, wouldn't have to say the biggest engine in our area is that 25 Buffalo Pits.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Smiles used to I mean, own that 110, and that was around a little bit. Uh, you know, Stanley had that 20. Stanley had that 28.
0: There's got to be a 25 you know. Russell somewhere down by you somewhere.
1: Yeah, there's a couple. There's 25 Russells, a couple of them, or whatever. But yeah. I mean, in
2: our group, in our Yeah, group, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's definitely, you know, okay. I mean, that, there's really no 30-horse engine
2: around here at all. No, no, no there's not. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one of those three engines would be it. I mean, I'm going to be jealous when when Jake gets his 30 done, for sure. I still remember the day I was going out to look at a 30-horse out west, and Jake told me if I bought it, he'd never talk to me again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Friends make great enemies uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we call, we frenem- yeah, we call we them frenemies.
2: Yeah, uh, we for a reason. You that conversation, with, uh, Jake. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, f- frenemies for a reason. There, but you you'll have oh, all right. the
2: opportunity
0: in the world to run this one.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, it just, uh, it was funny, you know, it was all yeah. out of good friends, but I still got a razz about it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess you've ended up, no. uh, <laughs> with another set of 30 horse advance rims kind of since here recently that we haven't really talked about. Did you get those home yet? Yeah, I
0: did. Man, that was kind of a fluke thing. They sat on, uh, something I come across on, uh, uh, smokestack, which if anybody goes on smokestack anymore jump on there from time to time just to see if there's anything happening. And I jumped onto the, uh, uh, the, the for sale thing there or whatever. on the, uh, one of those threads. And I, I see this set of wheels and, uh, I clicked on it and I looked at it some more and I scrolled to the next one. And sure enough, they're a set of rear wheels that someone had cut down, cut spokes out of them. And, uh, they were using them as, uh, water troughs there somewhere out in South Dakota and, um, the guy's guy picked him up. He said his brother, he was a sprayer, he, uh, custom sprayer and he's seen him at a guy's farm and, uh, he got him bought and brought him back and he's had him for a few years. And he said, he's never going to do anything with them. So he put him up for sale there. And, uh, well, these are, these are the 30 inch wide drive wheels, which is the, the kind of quote unquote wide wheeled, uh, version of the 30 horse advance, uh, and the 30 horse that I have has got the, quote unquote, the narrow wheel or the narrow wheel offering uh, of drive wheel, which is the 26 inch, which is just four inches difference. Not a real big thing, but uh, I've had an opportunity there to to get those picked up. And so I got the deal done there and they should be coming home sometime this month, uh, this month being September. Uh, I don't know for sure yet, but they will be will be coming home and I've got to make a decision on. Oh, what I'm going to do there, I've been poking our, our buddy there, uh, Bo Nelson, he just got done putting a, a set of uh, rear wheels together for his 16 horse advance out of some cast iron rims, and he re-spoke them, and man, it was a ton of work, and he did a phenomenal job getting those things put together, and uh, those rear wheels really look good on, on that engine. Um, really, it m- makes me uh, kind of optimistic on, on being able to put, put the set together, and uh you know making the the wide wheeled option out of my my engine here but uh i don't know yet i'm gonna get them home and i'll I'll assess my situation right my, <laughs> my my i'm guessing i'm probably gonna put it together and, and run it with these 26 inch drive wheels for for now 26 inch wide drive wheels for now and uh maybe that's something i do down the road but it, at least i'll have an option but yeah i couldn't uh couldn't pass them up when they when they came up
1: yeah
2: Honestly, Jake, when you said you were going to build a sturdy and you were going to piece one together, I thought this kid has lost his mind. There ain't enough pieces <laughs> out there for both things. Yeah. This ain't like 110s where, you know, everybody just goes out in the brush and finds these pieces and puts 110s together every other week. Yeah. I was like, this ain't lost, completely lost his mind, you know, but. I got to hand it to you, man. You're, you're pulling it off.
0: Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's kind of the same thinking that everybody had when, as soon as I started talking about it and, uh, I, my dad and, and Scott for uh, the, the people that I I spend the most time with. And I, I don't think anybody, I, maybe I don't even know if I thought that I could find the parts that I've, I've been able to come across, but, uh, I don't know. I've, uh, somebody somebody said uh, I don't know it's probably been eight, six or eight months ago said I, I don't want to say that what, what's happening here is luck because I've seen all the work that you've had to do to get into this but I can't believe you've been able to come up with this stuff and I I guess I don't know either maybe some of it is luck and I, I don't I know but I, it, I have uh, I have spent a ton of time researching and, and networking and uh, uh, traveling. I mean, uh, this none of this would have been possible if I if I hadn't have been doing the the travel that I had been doing and um uh, a lot of really it's great awesome. people and and friendships along the way and people willing to to believe in me like that. You know, I I honestly I, I don't think I would have ended up with the the very first parts engine unless uh you and I, Chris, if if we wouldn't have stopped at Dan Chris that day, yeah, and and got the boiler bought. Um, you know, I bought the boiler there out of, out of, uh, Kansas air from a friend of ours, Dan Christ, And I really think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back for kind of the rest of the stuff that I've been able to come up with because, uh, I was able to demonstrate that I'm, I'm pretty, pretty passionate about getting this thing done and committed to it. And people were starting to kind of believe in getting the thing together. And, you know, the, I think the funnest part about this project is staying connected with the people that I've been acquiring parts from. Uh, just today, I, I, I had a conversation for I think forty-five minutes with the the guy from Washington that I bought a parts engine off of. Uh, you know, just kind of talking about the weather and what's been going on, and how's your family doing here. And he's asking about my son, and uh, you know, we always talk about status of the, the thirty project and everybody that I've bought parts from for this engine is committed to coming up when I get the thing done. So, uh, I think there's, I think that might be the, the most, I don't know, the re- most rewarding part about this for me at, at the moment is the, the people that are, you know, so interested in me getting the, the thing done and their, the commitment to come out and, and seeing it done and really taking a chance on me getting the thing together because I could have just been some nobody that was going to, throw everything over in the weeds and say, oh yeah, I've got all this stuff, but I'm not going to get to it, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to having it
2: done. That brings me to John Schrock. You know, how many years would he spend 20, 30 years putting that 110 together and finally got it together and thank God he got it together and got to run it and got to enjoy it before he passed away. Um, But you know, when you talk to him, it was like he, he had more – he would have had just as much with it, fun with it with the people he met and the travels and the stories on that as putting it together. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was satisfying to see it run and see it finally put together, but the stories of going and getting the stuff with Vic and Graham and all them guys – was worth every bit of it. Yeah, the know?
0: journey is is really fun. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's something I'll something I'll never be able to replace. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun.
2: It's like that trip that uh, me and you and uh, Lashway and Jay took this this spring. That was a memorable, a good time, and I hope we keep that tradition going. I hope we get a few more people to go in in with us on it. It was, it was, it was a really good time. Good memories.
0: Absolutely. And that's, maybe that's the answer for the question earlier about uh, what would you pass on to the younger generation, man? I know it's not the easiest thing to do uh, travel wise, just from a financial perspective and family and different life situations. But I'm telling you what, uh, traveling around this country, you meet some of the greatest people in the world that can oh, yeah. relate to this hobby and automatically you have a foot in with them to have a conversation and a really open and and fun conversation i can't tell you how many people we just cold call out west there where we went and uh, you know you just show up to their doorstep and they open you or welcome you with open arms and hell we'd spend three or four hours with these people that we had never met before and we've just got this connection over
2: this old iron and it's just super super rewarding yeah, yeah. I mean, we threw, we threw names out, and you know, it was it was a good time, and I hope that we do it again. I mean, I hope that we, and I'd like to get a couple other guys to go along, and you know, it was just a fun time.
1: Yeah, that that traveling and, and and seeing stuff like that. I mean, I can remember just any kind of travel like that. It, it, you'll remember that stuff the rest of your life. You know, when it comes yeah. to seeing stuff and finding stuff and meeting the people and all that.
2: Well, it ain't just seeing the engines, It's you know, setting in some of the bars and having, you know, having some drinks at night and a good dinner and oh, yeah. talking about just what we're doing right now. Just, just talking. Yeah. And, you know, and seeing people's faces when you're in this bar and they're like, where are you guys from? Cause you know, we got a, you know, we're definitely got a different accent and they're like, where are you from? And why are you doing this? And, you know, yeah. just seeing their faces, yeah. You know, you guys are ate up. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, you
0: see, you see all sorts of stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah. That
1: yeah, I mean, uh, reminds me of Jake and I were sitting <laughs> in a bar and. Uh, I was thinking it's like Oberlin, Kansas or something rather, which is something not yeah. quite far west. west as you can go in Kansas, but it's out there a little ways before Bird City and all that stuff. And you know, just nice bar and grill and having some dinner. And of course, you know, you gotta ask a couple people here and there, like, you know of any steam engines around, stuff like that. And like we asked this one guy and he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what's steam engine? Yeah, you know. And then we go to the pisser, and there's like there oh there's like this old picture of a baker. I don't know. You see him around stuff like that. It's all framed in the damn yeah. bathroom, you know. And it's like yeah, how's this? You know that guy's went and took a piss in there. How's he not know what a steam engine is? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I, man. You know, I, the, the
0: uh yeah, when we, I was, so I bought that boy bought that boiler from Dan Christ and uh, my father in law and another friend of ours uh, that drove out. Three of us drove out there to get it and. It was on the on the trailer we were headed back uh I think we we came through missouri and out to out to Kansas and yeah yeah, yeah, and then on the way back we went the can or the the Nebraska route we went up into Nebraska and then across Iowa well anyways i wherever we stopped, we stopped at a, a little bar or grill there uh we walked in and we had uh got our food and a drink and everything we came back out and we were just kind of sitting there by the. Uh, the trailer before uh, getting back on the road and some guy comes walking up and you know, is was like, wow, what is, what is this thing? And what's it off of? And what are you going to do with it? And all this stuff kind of just gawking at the thing. And we're telling him this, that, and the other thing. And he goes, well, my, my uncle's got a, a 45 horse case. And of the three of us, our jaws dropped. We're like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? so, we, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just was another lead, so of course, we had tracked that down and, and I went and visited with them and all that. And that's just, uh, that's part of traveling, you just, you never know what you're going to okay. come across. Yeah,
1: you can do all the planning in the world sometimes, but in the end, it's not going to be what you're going to do, you
2: know, to a T. Well,
1: yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll
2: hun- have 100%. To, I'll have to say, one of the memorable trips was with Stanley Mayberry and. We were, we went, Stanley bought a 36 inch wooden thrash machine down in Kentucky. So we went to pick that thrash machine and we were coming back and we, we stopped at Keith Mozzie's and we're sitting there looking at Keith stuff and whatnot. And Stanley goes, you know, if we just take this road north, we could go to Graham Sellers and we could be there in a couple hours. And I said, well, heck you got, let's go. So we dragged this 36 inch thrash machine all the way to Michigan. <laughs> and we, we end up at Graham's and we spend the weekend at Graham's and we go to Rupert's and we I think that might have been the first time I was ever at your grandpa's place Jake and your dad and bro, uh, uncles oh, yeah. and uh anyways I we made a phone call home and they was like where you at And you guys are on your way home yeah and where you at And I said Coldwater Michigan and he's like is that on the way home from Kentucky? Well, yeah, yeah, it <laughs> sure is. <laughs> well, we finally get back to Missouri, you know, and and Stanley's dad was like, "You guys need to get a different map." <laughs> that's the thing out of the way. You mean. know, it's just like that. I mean, it's memorable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never forget and,
2: that one no and it's you know it's these stupid steam engines that has got us all you know knowing each other i mean we could have a flat tire in any of the 48 lower states and somebody's going to know somebody that's going to help us yeah 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 so it's a wonderful hobby you need a lot of wonderful people yeah that's that's all there is to it you
1: know it uh It makes it all, you know, and the friendships are, is what it's all about in the end. I mean, set the old iron aside and the friendships
2: are all about it, you know. As Vic Johnson was saying, it's all about the people. (laughs) That's right.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. Better than that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just shoot, just shoot me. Just shoot me. Just shoot me. How many many times have we
1: heard that from Vic?
2: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I hope I hear it a hundred more times. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Tomorrow and the next day after that. So exactly. Anyways. Well,
1: well, Gary, we appreciate it. We've, we've taken up uh, enough of your, uh, vacation here, uh, talking on the podcast while you're at a steam show. So we probably need to yeah, let you get back to it there. But okay. We, uh, we really appreciate it. And it's been a great conversation and, uh, hope you enjoyed yourself and, Enjoy talking with us.
2: Well, I hope everybody enjoys listening to it. Uh, I'm sure they will. I mean,
1: anybody that's met you in person before probably knows it's going to be a, a pretty decent episode. And, and hopefully there's lots of people on here that uh, probably never met you before or heard about you or whatever. And they'll know about you now. Or at least a little part of well, you. Well, I hope I get
2: the volume down just
1: enough. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't hollering at us like normal. You know, that's kind of nice. I can If I could find that volume button in person, we might be a lot better off. <laughs> <He's limbo. laughs> oh man so oh well oh well so all right man yeah. we we well, appreciate it and have a good rest of your weekend
2: all right man you guys have a good one we'll talk at you later Yep. thank you all right see you gary see ya, see ya.
3: Bye.